At Founders Brewing Company, we set out to create a beer that lets you embrace the unconventional. Mortal Bloom is a radiantly beautiful, hazy IPA that will wrap your taste buds with intense citrus and tropical notes of pineapple and mango. Coming in at 6.2% ABV with big aromatics and no bitterness, it's the perfect beer, if we do say so ourselves. Visit foundersbrewing.com to find Mortal Bloom Hazy IPA. I first started running about 15 years ago as a way to quit smoking. Back then, my running clothes were very Rocky Balboa, so sweatpants, sweatshirt. Anyone who goes hiking or trail running knows that it's a lot easier and a lot more fun when you're wearing the right gear. Johnji makes performance apparel that'll take you farther on your runs and hikes. They have this merino wool hoodie that I wore on multiple trail runs this weekend. It's soft, it's warm, and most importantly, it does not get stinky when you get stinky. Another reason to love Johnji is that they donate 2% of all sales towards clean water projects, raising nearly $1 million so far. Head to johnji.com to find your new favorite trail wear, outdoors accessories, and essentials. And use the code OUTSIDE for 10% off at johnji.com. That's J-A-N-J-I.com with the code OUTSIDE for 10% off. When I was a little kid, my whole family, grandparents included, packed into a Dodge Caravan and went on a two-week road trip to Wyoming. We saw the rodeo in Cody, a grizzly bear in Yellowstone National Park, and an epic thunderstorm near Devil's Tower. On that trip, I fell in love with the West and the natural world. This might sound cheesy, but it kind of made me who I am today. Wyoming has it all. Breathtaking hikes, kid-friendly museums, two of the coolest national parks in the country. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Before we get started, we want to let you know that there's some profanity in this segment. So, heads up. I'm from New Hampshire, and in New Hampshire, everyone already knows this story. Or at least they think they know it. And the story starts in a college town called Keene. Keene is the quintessential New England college town. It has coffee shops, a historic diner, killer fall foliage, a town square complete with an 18th century church, and a white gazebo. It's very quaint. And for years, every fall, tens of thousands of people flocked to Keene for their pumpkin festival. And when I say festival, I'm talking Bonnaroo level. This pumpkin fest was huge, and it was Keene's crowning jewel for 24 years. Until one day, when things took a turn. There were rumors that, that people had been shot. And, like, I just felt it in my hip. I was like, ah. <laughs> like, there was rumors that someone had died. Like, Shit, like, I just got shot. I'm Sam Evans-Brown, and today, Outside In is going to find out just what happened there. How a pumpkin brought a New Hampshire town together and then tore it apart. Here to tell the story is producer Megan Tan. Hello, hello, hello. So where do we begin? In the early 90s. This is not just a campaign for the presidency. It is a campaign for the future. God bless you, and thank you very much. So Clinton was running for presidency. Mariah Carey just released her single. And at the time, in the early 90s, 
Keene's downtown was looking pretty rough. This beautiful downtown was empty. This is Nancy Sporborg. She's petite, short hair, and she is basically the mother of this pumpkin festival. There just weren't a lot of people downtown. There wasn't life. There wasn't the store. A lot of the stores had closed. And it just looked kind of run down and lonely. Now, one thing you need to know about Nancy is she is from Keene. And she loves Keene. So when she saw her depressed downtown, she wanted to do something to make it better. And her big idea? Pumpkins. I love pumpkins. And I think that there's something about putting a candle in a pumpkin that is just, it's kind of like the light comes out of the darkness. Kind of that simple, beautiful light in life. That's what this is. This was Nancy's dream, to transform Keene's downtown with something simple, a candle and an orange gourd. But it wasn't that easy. She definitely had a lot of convincing she had to do in town. But Nancy's persistent. So eventually, the town gave her the go-ahead, and she had permission to host Keene's first pumpkin festival. There were families everywhere. Kids were all dressed up in their Halloween costumes. I mean, it, it was really quaint and beautiful. They all had little trick-or-treat bags. They went and trick-or-treated in all the downtown stores. It was really enjoyable to look at all the pumpkins. There were pumpkins literally everywhere, all along the ground, all around Central Square, on ladders, on hay bales, everywhere. There's a sense of wonderment, uh, a sense of kind of recollection of childhood that you get by going to this festival. It, w- it was really, really special. It, it was special because people got to participate in something with community. It really felt like community. The town loved it, and Nancy wanted to push it even further. A local resident is asking everyone to bring a lit pumpkin to the downtown area tonight. She's hoping more than 1,000 jack-o'-lanterns will be on display. There's no record for lit pumpkins in the Guinness Book of World Records, but Keene hopes to be the first. We are trying to set a Guinness Book of World Records by having the largest number of lit jack-o'-lanterns in one place at one time. Okay, so this may sound a little far-fetched, but the town was into it. People brought pumpkins in by the carloads. And finally, the city of Keene accomplished something it had never done before. And they came to a new benchmark for the Guinness World Book of Records. And the number is 1,628. All of a sudden, I would go someplace, I'd go to a conference or I'd go to a meeting in some other place, and they'd say, where are you from? I'd say, oh, I'm from Keene, New Hampshire. they go, oh, that's that place, that's that pumpkin festival thing. And all of a sudden, Keene is in all of these different publications across the country. Yankee Magazine, Country Living Magazine, USA Today. 
It was also in Fox News. HGTV did a special on it. And they keep breaking this world record. In 1993, Keen brought in 4,817 pumpkins. The year after that, 10,540 pumpkins. In 1996, 13,044 pumpkins. In 1998, 17,693 pumpkins. In 2000, 23,727. 2012, 29,381. And as local resident and pumpkin festival volunteer Mike Giacomo describes it, Every spot of grass on Central Square and on Main Street has a pumpkin on it. Uh, You can't even tell where there's lawn and where there's not. You know the sidewalks only because that's where the pumpkins stop. There were so many pumpkins that people were bringing down that they would write messages on them. Like, Kate, will you marry me? In Pumpkins. It, it kind of took the place of Thanksgiving around here. Like, all the college kids came back to visit their parents. Not at Thanksgiving. A pumpkin festival. Ah, I love it. But with more pumpkins came more people. You feel the, the, the main street just just tightening on you as you're walking down there. You you can feel the the shoulders getting closer and closer together as the hours of the day go on. It's just mob. Even though the festival moved from being an event for the community, it became an event that the community put on for the world. We opened up our doorsteps to anybody and everybody who wanted to come. So that was always my answer to the to the size thing. I never felt like it got too big. But it did get big. Every single year when Keene had its pumpkin festival, they were basically tripling and quadrupling the size of the town. And people in town didn't like it. It became just so big and ungainly to me that it didn't interest me to spend time there. At some point, snipers were starting to show up on the rooftops, and uh, it wasn't fun to go down anymore. But the pumpkin festival kept going, and it kept getting bigger and bigger. Tonight, the people around the world are waiting for us. They want to know what our count is. Tonight, this is the center of America. This is what people care about. Tonight, we have achieved 30,500... In 2013, Keene lit more pumpkins than it had in its whole history, with 30,581 pumpkins. But that same year, while part of the city was celebrating its victory, on the other side of town, there was also something not so victorious happening. There was a a time when it started feeling bigger, not in the number of people, but bigger in that it had big world problems. Remember the other thing that Keene is known for, Keene State College? Well, less than a mile from this pumpkin festival is Keene's campus. Over the years, Keene State students were also developing their own tradition, Halloween parties. And in 2013, there were a couple of parties that got out of control. House parties were spilling out onto the street. 
People were on rooftops throwing beer bottles, getting injured. And the people that were organizing the festival saw this and said, ooh, we have a critical mass of people that no longer care about their surroundings. And that was when I started saying, huh, I started to see the the real, the, the darker side of having that many people in one place. So after this happened, Mike went downtown to the college bars because he wanted to talk to these students. We had a booth set up with a bunch of free t-shirts, and if someone came up and chatted with us, we'd give them a free t-shirt that uh, I think it said, don't lose your head, and has a picture of a jack-o'-lantern on it. And just trying to encourage the college students to, to, to behave themselves during the festival. But there were a couple people that came up and were really a lot more antagonistic than I had expected. We had one gentleman come up, and his comment to us was, Keene is nothing without Keene State. You guys need us, and the point of the Pumpkin Festival is to party. And uh, that's, that was the point at which I realized that the 2014 festival is going to be in trouble. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Hey, Nate here. Have you ever dreamed of going on the voyages of some of the most famous and not-so-famous explorers in history? If so, then you should check out the Explorers podcast. Host Matt Breen takes you into jungles and frigid wastelands, across deserts and oceans, and to the top of great mountains as you explore the triumph, glory, and tragedy of each explorer. There are extraordinary stories of Shackleton, Magellan, Cook, Lewis and Clark, and so many other daring people from all across the world and from throughout history. Each explorer's story is told in rich, immersive detail, and each topic is given as much time as needed to tell the whole tale, ranging from 30 minutes to 10 hours. There's something for everyone. Find the Explorers Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or go to explorerspodcast.com to learn more. Welcome. This is an exciting day. I am thrilled to see so many people 
at the start of the festival. As the day goes along, there'll be thousands and thousands more. During the 2014 festival, people like Mike and Nancy were a little on edge because they didn't really know what was going to happen. There was really no problems. The festival was absolutely the best, most perfect festival I'd ever been to in 2014 on the footprint of the festival. I mean, there were, I don't know how many thousands of people downtown, tens of thousands of people downtown, everybody having a wonderful time. It was a great event. And all of a sudden, Ruth came over to me and she said, Nancy, look around, this might be your last one. live in Key, New Hampshire, where we have been here, as police continue to try to contain the crowds in this area where they escalate. So, like, I got out of class on Thursday and, uh, and, like, immediately started drinking. I think I've been drinking, like, since, like, noon that day. I know that pumpkin fest is coming, so I'm like, all right, I gotta get some alcohol. I got two handles of Ciroc, so I'm ready. Cousin arrived, and he was already drinking. That's when I started drinking. I mean, I just, like, I just remember thinking to myself like oh this is I know that this is going to be like the craziest craziest weekend so we were all like at this one big party and there must have been at least like six or seven hundred people in this one backyard just an absolute sea of people beer bottles getting chucked up in the air I just remember like seeing my friend walk walk up to me like his face was just like covered in blood and I was like dude like what's like what's wrong like what happened and he's like oh a bottle hit him in the face there was rumors that someone had died there were rumors that that people had been shot and like I just felt it in my hip I was like oh like shit like I just got shot this little thing like falls through the air and lands on the ground and it just goes I was like, shit, like tear gas, like I gotta get the fuck out of here. So I just like started running in like any direction that I could. The speculation was wild all over the place. And so of course our reaction is, oh my gosh, the festival's done. This is the end. Right now, hard questions are being asked after an outbreak of violence in Keene, New Hampshire. That mayhem began in broad daylight at the annual Pumpkin Fest. Especially when we started finding out it's on CNN. Police and riot gear had to use tear gas to try to disperse rowdy partiers. It's on Fox News. It's on all the local stations, of course, had it already. And suddenly Keene stopped being the town that has the Pumpkin Festival. And it started becoming Keene, the place with the riots fueled by a festival about a gourd. That weekend, about 140 arrests were made. And the city of Keene said it cost them $150,000. I had a great time. Like, no matter, like, getting shot at, like, running from the cops, like, seeing people's, like, heads getting bashed in by police batons, like, it was crazy and scary, but, like, it was, like, pretty like exhilarating and like it was just a like rebellion rebellion like against the system like it was crazy i mean and but i don't know like obviously it was it was pretty terrible like <laughs> i just i feel like it's been it's been like this for a while 
maybe it had been like this for a while. This wasn't the first time a group of students had a big party during the weekend of the pumpkin festival. But it might be the last. Well, Tom, this is definitely a community divided over the fate of Pumpkin Fest. People living near campus say the riot was just the culmination. Keen had to make a decision if they were going to continue the Pumpkin Festival or not. And leading up to this decision, the city hosted multiple forums, and this was the first one. Keen citizens must work together. In an auditorium, over 200 people showed up. Nonprofits, government officials, college staff members, students, the city councilors, and the founder, Nancy Sporborg, they were all there. People came from everywhere. Um, we had a woman from Massachusetts who talked about coming to the festival every single year. We had this grandfather who said, what am I going to say to my grandchildren? As people walked up one by one and stood in front of a microphone to express their opinions, the divide that had been quietly growing within the city for years started to come out. We can't shut down Pumpkin Fest because it's who we are. It's what we do. I do believe that the Pumpkin Festival has achieved the status of attractive nuisance. As far as Pumpkin Fest itself, I would really hate to see it go. I remember carving pumpkins with my two little girls that are still toddlers. I had to spend four and a half hours on that particular evening standing on my front porch guarding my property from people were intoxicated, drunk, and having a good time. That's why this pumpkin festival has captured the hearts of people around the world, and we can do this. After multiple forums, the city council had to choose. If they were going to let Let It Shine, the organization that puts on the pumpkin festival, host it again next year or not. And you have to keep in mind that these people also grew up with the Pumpkin Festival. They've seen it in its entirety and have volunteered there themselves. So this was a pretty hard decision. A yes vote tonight will be to carry out the committee report. A no vote will be to oppose the committee report. All those in favor of the committee report... The action of the City Council tonight, the action that's just been taken, is to deny a license to Let It Shine for the continuation of a pumpkin fest to be held in 2015. I never felt that they were going to shut it down until they shut it down. Because I think I believed in my heart that they would rise above. The vote was almost unanimous. It was 13 to 1 against the festival. And that was it. It's, it's not just a silly festival. I mean, it has meaning. Everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Everybody does. Everybody wants to know that their contribution matters. Everybody does. And this event was a way for us to do that. This was bringing back the light in my life and in downtown Key and in the, for the community. So it has a lot of deep meaning for me. It's kind of sad that it's like not happening anymore because it was like a community thing more than anything, but... 
don't know. We kind of we kind of ruined it. <laughs> so wait, so are you guys are you you guys are sad that it yeah. is not here anymore? Well, definitely. Even though it was like a, a party thing, like it's still sad because that was like a, a cool like event because like everyone knew about it and like it was a good weekend to like bring people together and now it's like gone. Yeah, I mean it was it was nice to like be able to say that that was our sort of holiday, but um, you know, what what can you do? I mean we would have if if we had had it this year, I guarantee it would have been like very like probably pretty bad too. Inevitably. Wait wait, why do you guys say that? I don't know because it's like people are stupid. Like they're not gonna. People see last year as like, oh, if we could do oh, that, we'll what can that. we do this year? If we can do this this year, what can we do next year? It's a common phrase, and one that I heard from both the college students and from Nancy. That was producer Megan Tam. Keene's Pumpkin Festival may be over, but Laconia, New Hampshire, a city just 80 miles away, held its own pumpkin festival last year. They even managed to get 10,000 lit jack-o'-lanterns. And chances are they're already thinking, if we can do that this year, what can we do next year? Outside In was produced this week by myself, Sam Evans-Brown, and Megan Tan with help from Maureen McMurray, Taylor Quimby, and Logan Shannon. The voices you heard in the story were Mike Giacomo, Nicholas LaChapelle, Craig Lindsay, Brendan Olson, Noah Palmerlow, Nancy Sporborg, Kathy Shillamat, and Luke Thors. We'd like to thank the Cheshire County Historical Society for helping us find the old footage that you heard. Our theme music was made by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you want to listen to more episodes of Outside In, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or whatever way you prefer. And if you like what you hear, tell us about it by writing us a review on iTunes. If you want to see some photos of the Keene Pumpkin Festival, go to our website, outsideinradio.org. And if you want to know what we're thinking about when we're not talking into microphones, follow us on Twitter at Outside In Radio. Outside In is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio, and I'm Sam Evans-Brown. Thanks for listening. There's a pumpkin in the patch singing diddly I do down in Keene. There's a pumpkin in the patch. It's a great pumpkin. He's rising up out of the pumpkin patch. Megan is in the patch singing diddly I do. Megan Tanner's with the pumpkin in the patch. It won't be long now. Oh, great pumpkin, where are you? Some Evans Brown is in the patch singing diddly I do. Evans Brown is with the pumpkin in the patch. Outside in is in the patch, singing diddly I do. Outside in is with the pumpkin in the patch. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. 
connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.